Psst, psst, hey, hey, I, I, I hear that Toby's gonna do another Q&A today. Oh, and, and, and I was thinking he probably already answered every question there ever was. Oh, 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 sh- sh- it's starting, it's starting. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to BibleStudyPodcast.org. Today is Saturday, September the 20th, and I'm your host and uh, your resident nerd, Toby Logsdon. And uh, welcome to our next question and answer lesson. Yes, it has been two and a half months. No, I have not answered every question there is. Uh, Not even close, but uh, (laughs) just thought I'd do something fun for you guys there. But anyway, God bless you guys, and welcome to our next question and answer lesson. Hope you guys have had a fantastic week and that you guys have something fun planned for the weekend. Uh, For me, I think we're just going to be planning on our move. Yes, uh, we actually uh, got a really low offer the other day. I told you guys that we were expecting an offer the other day and we got one and it was low. Uh, It was actually lower than we paid for our house. And so we counter offered and said, you know, um, we can't really go any lower than we already are and uh, gave a little bit back, and they accepted it. So praise the Lord for that, and thank you guys so much for your prayers. Now just keep us in prayer that uh, everything goes well with the inspection and with the financing on their end and with the closing and everything. So anyway, I am definitely praising the Lord. I've had a crazy week, but uh, I guess that is um, par for the course when you're uh, when you're selling a house and trying to be a full-time student. So anyway... Uh, Christina is also going to be here with us today. She'll be reading the questions for me and joining us. And so welcome, Christina. And uh, she's, you know, just shaking her head at what an idiot I made of myself at the beginning of the show. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get started with our first question. Christina, what do we have for our first question? Okay, our first question today comes from Rick. Rick writes, I just listened to your essential podcast on the Trinity in which you said that Phillips, Craig, and Dean belong to a cult because they belong to a group called Oneness Pentecostal that denies the Trinity. I would like to know where you got your information. I looked at the website for all three churches that they are pastors at. Dan Dean is is a pastor at the Heartland Church, Irving, Texas. Randy Phillips is a pastor at Promised Land West Church in Austin, Texas. And Sean Craig is a pastor at South County Christian Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Promised Land and South County both talk about the Trinity in their belief statement. Only Heartland does not mention the Trinity, but I don't think that should be a reason to condemn the whole group. The only evidence that I found about Phillips, Craig, and Dean being part of Oneness Pentecostal is an entry on Wikipedia. One must always take information from Wikipedia with a grain of salt, since anyone can make an entry. So please let me know what your sources are for your statement. Well, that's a good question, Rick. Thank you for sending that one in. That's definitely a relevant question because uh, as we've been going through the essentials, uh, the Oneness Pentecostal cult is one group that I have repeatedly called out at least uh, three times, I think, maybe maybe four times, uh, at least three times, though. Um, but, okay, the source of my information was initially Dr. Ron Rhodes, and uh, he's president of Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministries. Uh, I took a class through my seminary this past summer called Contemporary Cults, and he was the teacher. 
and we spent some time talking about this cult in particular, and he specifically brought up uh, Phillips, Craig, and Dean. But, you know, I did a little bit of research on my own, and I found out that Wikipedia is not the only place to find information on the cultic beliefs of Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Uh, I also found an article by Alpha Omega Ministries, which has a lot to say about uh, their affiliation, uh, the, the affiliation that Phillips, Craig, and Dean has with the Oneness Pentecostal cult. For example, the article offered a quote by, uh, by Phillips, Craig, and Dean, in which they say, We believe in one God who is eternal in his existence, triune in his manifestation, and that's the key word, manifestation, being both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and that he is sovereign and absolute in his authority. End quote. Okay, so what the Oneness Pentecostals believe is that Jesus is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe that the Trinity is uh, one God, one substance, one essence, one nature, and three persons, all existing as one God. We call it the Godhead, or the God, or the Trinity, but we don't believe that he is triune in his manifestation. A manifestation would be uh, the same person showing himself three different ways, which is exactly what they said there. Uh, I also looked up the websites of each of the churches that Phillips, Craig, and Dean are pastors over, and I don't think it's a coincidence, first of all, that Dan Dean's church website no longer has a doctrinal statement. Uh, yes, a church website with no doctrinal statement. Give me a break. Uh, that that alone would cause me to start asking a lot of questions, but apparently they took it down in response to what was written um, about their doctrinal statement in that article by Alpha Omega Ministries. Uh, according to that article, which was written when the church did have their doctrinal statement on their webpage, it used to say, uh, quote, there is one true God that has manifested himself as Father in creation, Son in redemption, and the Holy Spirit in emanation. And then they quote Deuteronomy 6, 4, 1 Timothy 3, 16, and Acts 2, 33, end quote. And uh, that is, uh, again, that is a denial of the Trinity. That's saying that there is one person. No, we believe that there are three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so therefore... Uh, if that is indeed what Dan Dean's church still believes, uh, they would be classified as a cult. Uh, Randy Phillips's church website still has uh, a denial of the Trinity in their doctrinal statement, reading, quote, uh, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, Matthew 28, 19, and 1 Timothy 3, 16, we believe in one God, okay, so far so good, uh, who is eternal in his existence, okay, still so far so good, triune in his manifestation, being both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and that he is sovereign and absolute in his authority. Well, that sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? That's taken from www.promiselandwest.com, their belief statement there. So clearly, again, we have a denial of the Trinity. And actually, this is what we would call modalism, uh, meaning that God has uh, three modes that he manifests himself in. And that was uh, rejected as a heresy by the early church. 
you know, so there's no question about that so far. And then according to Sean, uh, Sean Craig's church, uh, their church has a beliefs page uh, at www.sccenter.com slash aboutus.html. They write, quote, We believe in one God revealed as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19, John 1, 14, Acts 5, 3 through 4, yada, yada, yada. They quote a few other verses here. But again, this is clearly a denial that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three persons who exist as one essence, one substance, and one nature. Now, I realize that this is confusing and that that word manifestation might not seem like such a big deal, but it really is. I mean, uh, just the, the verbiage that they use there, the words that they use there are very deceptive. I realize that these guys have written some, some great music together, and they've even, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think they've received some Dove Awards. But the fact is that they have uh, apparently tried to deceive people with such wording on their websites. The fact that they seem to try to obscure their cultic beliefs, in my opinion, makes them all the more dangerous. Why doesn't the website for Phillips, Craig, and Dean have a doctrinal statement? Well, you know, I, I guess I suppose it's it's not too unusual for a band not to have one, but still, you know, it makes me wonder because these guys are pastors. But just like with every other cult, you have to know how they define their terms because they use the same terms we use, but they try to deceive people by changing the definitions of those terms. Uh, cults make it difficult for us to be discerning as believers because they use the right words, and then they just change the meaning or they equivocate on the meanings of those words. But, uh, Rick, I hope this answers your question, and if you have any other questions about that, definitely feel free to contact me, and uh, and I'll be happy to help you however I can. But thank you for the question, uh, and you know, hopefully we're all uh, the much wiser as a result of it. So, God bless you, Rick. Uh, Christina, what do we have for our next question? Okay, our next question comes from Chris. Chris writes, I was listening to one of your podcasts from about a month ago or so that I had skipped over previously, and you had mentioned something in the introduction that piqued my curiosity. You were talking about a paper you were writing for a class, and you mentioned that T.D. Jakes did not believe in the Trinity. At least that is the way I understood what you said. I actually rewound a couple of times to make sure I had heard what I thought I heard. I have never listened to him, but there are people I look up to spiritually that watch his TV program regularly. So here I am a little confused. On one hand, I have these people I know in person and trust who think T.D. Jakes is a great preacher. And then there is you, who I feel like I've come to know over the last year or so through your podcast, saying that he isn't exactly what I thought. I'm not saying I don't trust you, but would you be able to provide the information that brought you to that conclusion? I'm not sure I could change the minds of my friends, but I would like to at least have something if the topic comes up other than, well, there's this guy on the internet that says. Well, thank you, Chris, for that question. I would never make a claim on the podcast that uh, that I haven't researched. And I'm not saying that you guys have to trust me and that my word is the be-all, end-all, but just know that I, I do my research. But uh, thank you for sending that question in, Chris. I, I definitely appreciate it. And this is a, another one of those questions. You know, I did say that T.D. Jakes is not a Trinitarian. He doesn't believe in the Trinity. And uh, I'm more than happy to uh, support that claim. But, you know, just like with Phillips, Craig, and Dean, we can take a look at the doctrinal statements of the church that T.D. Jakes is active with and substantiate our position that T.D. Jakes is a heretic, just like Phillips, Craig, and Dean. 
Now, by some strange twist of fate, T.D. Jakes doesn't even have a doctrinal statement on his personal website, uh, but there is one on the website for the Potter's House of Dallas, which is his home church. So let's uh, take a look at, at what their doctrinal statement says. According to their doctrinal statement, they say, quote, There is one God, creator of all things, infinitely perfect and existing in three manifestations, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, end quote. Well, so there you go again. There is that word manifestations. No, God does not exist in three manifestations. He exists in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are each a separate person who exist in one substance, one essence, one nature. So anyway, so you caught that. Three manifestations. Again, that is modalism, and it's been rejected as heresy, and so therefore T.D. Jakes is a heretic. Uh, if we look further at the the doctrinal statement for the Potter's House of Dallas, we note something kind of strange, actually. Uh, they, they have a description of the role of Jesus. They say, quote, Jesus Christ is true God and true man, having been conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He died on the cross, the complete and final sacrifice for our sins, according to the scriptures. Further, he arose bodily from the dead, ascended into heaven, where at the right hand of majesty on high, did you catch that? At the right hand of the majesty on high. Not the right hand of the Father. But anyway, at the right hand of the majesty on high, he is now our high priest and advocate. Well, okay, note that it doesn't say that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, first of all. That is just a huge red flag, and that's because T.D. Jakes believes that Jesus is the Father. Uh, They just think that the Father is a different manifestation of the same person that Jesus is. Uh, They also have something to say about the Holy Spirit. They say, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and during this age to convict men of sin, regenerate the believing sinner, indwell, guide, instruct, and empower the believer for godly living and service. Well, amen. I agree with that. Except they've already said that the Holy Spirit is a manifestation of the one God, not a person of the Trinity. So, you know, that sounds pretty orthodox, but again, they believe that the Holy Spirit is the same as Jesus, but just a different manifestation. And oddly, uh, you know, like I said, you know, we're we're looking at their doctrinal statement here. It doesn't have anything to say at all about the, the role of God the Father or who God the Father is. There's nothing. They have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but nothing about the Father. But, uh, you know, there you have it. T.D. Jakes is, by definition, a heretic since he teaches heresy. And, of course, again, that is modalism. So I hope that clears it up for you, Chris. And, uh, you know, you guys can check out the the website for the Potter's House and look at their doctrinal beliefs. I mean, this is exactly what it says. I'm, I'm reading straight from their page. So uh, anyway, I hope that answers your question, Chris. If you need any clarification, uh, you know where to find me. But uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you for sending that question in. And Christina, we have time for one more question. Okay, our last question for the day comes from Liz. And Liz writes, What is the biblical view on women? Some of the Old Testament seems to imply that women are like chattel, and the New Testament tells us that women should be quiet in church. Also, the two stories about giving over the virgin women to be abused rather than the male guests indicates that biblically, women are much less valued than men. Well, thank you, Liz, so much for uh, for sending that question. And uh, this is one of those questions that a lot of pastors and a lot of teachers will try to avoid. And, uh, you know, if they can't give an answer 
that is biblically based, it's probably best that they do try to avoid it. But uh, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, I've never backed down from from a challenge like this, so uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give it a shot. To answer your question, the biblical view on women holds that women are equal with men. Yes, the biblical view on women holds that women are equal with men in nature, in their redemptive value or their redeemability, and in their gifts. But women are different in their function. The fact that women are different in function from men does not in any way, shape, or form mean that they are inferior. There is no biblical basis for asserting that women are inferior. If anything, uh, they have an unparalleled function, childbearing, which Paul specifically points out in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, that is not to say that a woman's job is to be barefoot and pregnant. Uh, but from what Paul has recorded up to that point in 1 Timothy, the impression is that some people in, in that day and age uh, viewed women as having absolutely no place in God's purposes. And Paul uh, is disputing that view. He's disagreeing with that view. Uh, in that day and age, a woman did most of the raising of the children while men worked. And so, therefore, it was mainly a woman's responsibility and thus a woman's ministry to raise godly children who would mature in their faith and, you know, who would grow up and, and go on to become, uh, you know, elders or deacons or, or whatever, you know, to serve in church leadership. You know, boys need healthy relationships with their mothers if they're going to learn compassion. And I believe to this day that developing a healthy relationship with uh, with a son should be at the very, very top of the priority of a mother, right under, you know, just serving God and making herself available to the Lord. But, you know, where else would a boy learn compassion but from his mother? You know, this is just, this is a huge responsibility for a woman, but it's an awesome ministry for a woman. Now, I know that I would not be the man that I am today if I didn't have a mother who loved me and who was there for me when I needed her and who was just everything that anybody could ever want in a mother, honestly. But, you know, for this reason, you know, you look at, at the at the text uh, that Paul is, is presenting here, and, and, you know, it doesn't say that a woman is inferior to a man. A woman is by no means inferior to a man by a biblical worldview. If anything, her duties and her calling are greater than the man's. So men and women have a different function in ministry, but aside from that, everything else is the same. Now, keep in mind also that the actions that you that you read about of the people in scripture uh, who gave or, or or who offered their virgin daughters, uh, those texts are just that. It's just a description of their actions. The text is descriptive, not prescriptive, and there's a, a world of difference there. The text doesn't indicate an approval of their actions, just like, uh, you know, Solomon and his concubines. You know, there's no indication of an approval of those actions, but it just presents it as historical fact. So, you know, if anything, the Bible makes it clear later on, like with Lot, for example, the Bible makes it clear later on that men like Lot were sinful. In fact, Lot is portrayed as kind of a scoundrel, or at least a very depraved person, uh, he goes on to sleep with both of his daughters and have children with both of his daughters. Uh, he's not, you know, put in positive light because of his actions. But, you know, keep in mind, too, that Jesus himself, Jesus never 
looked down on women. He never appeared to value them less than men. In fact, the very first people he showed himself to after the resurrection were women. If you go through the book of Mark and you do a study on uh, women in that book, um, man, let me tell you, you will find that they played a very significant role in his earthly ministry. But, you know, by by his life and in his ministry, Jesus set the example of actually lifting women up way beyond how the culture in that day and age viewed women. You know, so if anything, you know, the Bible was totally against the grain for its time. You know, it, it established the rights of women and the equality of women. Whereas the culture, even to this day, views women as inferior. So, anyway, I hope that uh, that clears that question up for you, Liz. And if you need any clarification, you know where to find me. Cleanslate.ministries at hotmail.com. But, anyway, God bless you guys. That's all the time that we have for today. I will see you next time on BibleStudyPodcast.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. This lesson has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcast.org, a paraministry of Clean Slate Evangelical Ministries, which is a nonprofit listener-supported ministry based in Monroe, North Carolina. While our desire is that your primary giving be done with your local church, if the Lord is leading you to support our ministry, we do depend on your support to keep our ministry going and growing. If you feel the Lord calling you to support our ministry, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and click on support on the right-hand side. You can make a tax-deductible donation from there. By doing so, you'll be helping us to reach multitudes of people each and every month from around the world who, just like yourself, desire to find answers and meaning in Scripture. We thank you for listening today, and we pray that the Lord blesses you and draws you closer to Him. Keep growing closer to Jesus. Jesus.